I was gonna bike um, to Chelsea and I looked out the window and it was raining and I looked at my app, like mm -hmm. the weather channel and it was like foggy. <laughs> I was like, no, it's, it's raining. <laughs> yeah, it's raining here too. Like wet, like I got, I need an umbrella. <laughs> That's insane. Fires. Oh, so are you yeah, at the Airbnb? So yeah, at a little Airbnb, um, and so this is my Airbnb room. Um, Look at that. Yeah. How beautiful. And, um, yeah, and I'm gonna like eat a little lunch because I haven't eaten anything today, basically. This morning did not go as planned, obviously. <laughs> um, I have been running around I realized first of all I have like a lot of actual work to do today which is um you know my job so yeah um, same. And, um then uh I've also have been playing like um scheduling mastermind ninja um trying to like coordinate like when am I going to see this person for lunch? Oh, they actually can't do lunch. Can you do dinner? Okay, well, then can this person who I was going to go to dinner with do Wednesday instead? Well, does Wednesday work? Well, it's going to rain. I don't know if we can eat outside. Just like all morning with like 10 people, like trying to like cross coordinate schedules. Um, and uh, I mean, it's fine, but like also, I'm like also literally trying to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like you guys please stop and um, of course I had to pick up because I, I left some stuff at my friends from last week and so that's why I did and drop off my run thread mic so um that's why I had to go back to Chelsea and their cutoff for drop off is like two or something like that so I wanted to make sure I dropped it all off in case this ran over you know what I mean? yeah yeah um because I just start trying to like collect my Halloween costume um, oh yes Halloween which is always like, oh, that's kind of the biggest downside to Rent the Runway if you have like a subscription is like, it's roulette. Like you never know what's available because you can't reserve stuff in advance without like paying extra. Um, so it's always just kind of like, well, who knows what's gonna be available. Here's um, yeah, seriously. And the dress that I, everyone tells me I should wear, um, I think is gonna look really bad on my shape like, I don't think it, like, it's kind of mermaid, and I was, like, really not my shape. Um, but it does seem appropriate for the theme. Yeah. So, so. We'll, yeah, um, I'm still hoping. I know, seriously. Um, but, anywho, Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris, let's, you want to do the, did you say you wanted to play the intro before? No, no, I can drop it in. Okay, cool. Because I think if we play it over this, it'll sound really Weird. sharp. Yeah, we'll have to hear how this sound quality is compared to our other ones. Crap, shit. Yeah, no this room is like very echoey, so I can already tell it's, that's going to be something. <laughs> that's why I put headphones in, so it would only pick up like as close to, like it wouldn't pick mm. up like because the construction in the highway. Oh, right. Um, that's smart. I, can I figured it would like muffle it out a little bit. I don't know. I'm not a sound engineer. I mean, who is? <laughs> Apparently. Sound engineers. <laughs> There's a whole group of them. It's a whole profession. Uh-huh. Um, hmm. I don't know where my headphones are. That's not good. Well. Hmm. Well, I hope I didn't leave them in DC. <laughs> yeah. That would really piss me off. <laughs> I lose, it's like my fourth <laughs> pair of those wireless things. I lose them like twice a year. They're so expensive. Maybe you should just get cheaper 
headphones if you're gonna lose them all the time. Well, they're like 40 bucks, but it still seems so ridiculous to like buy two pairs a year. Yeah, that's true. Like, what a waste. Maybe they'll turn up. Maybe they're around here somewhere in a bag that I've like forgotten about. My stuff is all over the place, so who knows? We will not have them for this podcast, but maybe I'll, they'll turn up eventually. Okay. Well, you want to get started? Mm-hmm. Let's go, Hi. Hi. <laughs> you lost oh, I was, I was doing it. All right. I'm Sophie. And I'm Maddie. And this is Single Best Scene. And that's right. This week's episode, Emily in Paris. Woo. Ding, ding, ding. So, Soph, how did you find Emily in Paris other than the internet? Mm. I saw it on Netflix, like, on the home page or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of my friends, they had watched it and they, you know, asked me if I'd seen it. And I still, like, I thought it was a movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought it was a Lifetime movie type thing, which I wasn't wrong, let's be yeah, clear. could have been. <laughs> could have been. Maybe should have been. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so once I realized it was, like, 30-minute episodes, I was like, okay, well, you know, I guess I'll give this a try, even though I don't love Lily Collins as an like just in general um so I wasn't like super stoked and there was nobody else in the cast who I was like watching it for them you know what I mean um yeah I will say the I was kind of hesitant to watch it because I like hadn't heard good or bad things about it like everybody was kind of doing the same thing like this is terrible I need more and I was like well I don't want to waste my time watching something terrible but then I saw a clip on Twitter where someone was making fun of the show, but Kate Walsh was in it. And you know, I'm an OG Grey's Anatomy, we're OG Grey's Anatomy fans. So anytime Kate Walsh like kind of pops up, I'm typically down to like give it a try. Like I even watched her dumb bad judge show. So um, she was another just like surprise cameo. Right, which Kate Walsh is the redhead for, from Grey's, Derek's wife. For anybody who is not connecting the dots. Um, and her her cameo in the show, I thought was so weird. I wonder um, how she got it. Like, does she know Lily Call? Like, cause it's, so right. it's Darren Star, which he did Sex in the City and Younger, and I'm sure he's done other things, something I meant to look up and forgot. But, so I kind of expected that role to go to like Sarah Jessica Parker or like someone from a show that he's doing, considering it had absolutely no it did not move the plot along like that character was it seemed like a favor like she was like oh my gosh Paris is lovely wait I'm pregnant have sex with Frenchmen and that's like her three lines of dialogue it was that's the thing it was like she was such a big well and what was also weird was there weren't really any other like big name cameos (laughs) like I think all of the other people cast in the show are French actors like, yeah, I haven't I mean, seen them in, in American things where there's been a French, you know what I mean? Like, I think there truly are right. actors who are popular in France and not, like, U.S., people who live in the U.S. who speak French. Right. Like, it would have made so much more sense. The friend, Mindy, I think she's a pretty big, I think she's on Broadway. Yes. Yeah, she's, she's a Broadway like actress. U.S.-based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's, um, one of ours. But, <laughs> um, the other, like, everybody else, I think. It would have made way more sense to me with that casting of Habs. Let's be clear, like, Lily's boss, or, like, whatever, Emily's, like, boss in America could have been played by literally an, an extra. Like, <laughs> they had three lines. Like, it was so insignificant. Her Chicago um, boss. The Chicago boss, right? The Chicago boss I don't boss even know if she had a name. Anything. I don't think she did. Like, could have been anyone. Yeah. Um, we, in fact, didn't even arguably even need to meet that person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it could have totally been done without her. Well, and it's interesting, too, because Kate Walsh is, is a big name, but she's not, like, a big enough name for, like, the clout. She's to, not Sarah Jessica Parker. No, right. So it's, like, a weird – she's, like, a weird level of fame to use in such a bit small role. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. And, like, like it she's a made good her- actress, 
but like if she was her mom or something like or because she played the mom in 13 reasons why so like she's transitioned out of Grey's anatomy into things where she's even if she's not the main character she has a big like she show off her acting range this just felt like a very could have been played like fucking a housewife like it could have been played by like sonia morgan like it was so random yeah. to me that it was no it was it, someone famous no for sure and it would have made more sense if they like i honestly kept expecting them to have other cameos mm-hmm. as it went along like just again one episode like one episode one of the pr firms clients is sarah jessica parker for one episode you know right, what i mean right or, like the mom of the family that the girl nannies for is, you know, someone, someone. else. Famous. Yeah, yeah. Cause Maybe. like he, yeah, Darren Starr has a, like a list of like women that he's worked with in his career that it almost seemed like he tried to do something with Kate Walsh in the past that fell through, or maybe he did do something with Kate Walsh. We just didn't know that he was attached to it. Yeah. But, he owed her a favor or something. And I will or say this, versa, who knows? this is the first show that we as like single best scene have like kind of asked our followers on Instagram, make sure to give us a following comment because we listen. We posted a meme about Emily in Paris and people commented that they wanted it. So that's why we're doing it. So okay. we do, you know, it's a democracy. We, we ask if you want it. So, mm-hmm. so, so what would you give the pilot of Emily in Paris? You know, the pilot... Um, I'm going to give it a five out of 10 because it was very take it or leave it for me. Like mm-hmm. I could have easily stopped watching. Right. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't. So like that's the 50, like that's why I got five is like, I was like, well, cause I was interested to see, um, what a disaster she was going to be. Um, and was kind of wondering what was going to happen with this boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabrielle? Gabrielle? No, 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 no. Her Chicago boyfriend. Oh, her Chicago boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was obviously, like, destined to fail. Never seen a breakup so casual in my entire life. Like, they were engaged to be engaged, and he broke up with her over the phone because he didn't want to get on a plane. And she was like, okay, okay. I- <laughs> So weird. It was really weird. I was like, what? <laughs> And didn't you say that, like, in an interview, she said that this character is supposed to be, like, 22? Yeah, Ira Madison. So Ira Madison III, we're both big Keep It fans. But some article, Lily did an interview and said, I think my character just turned 22 after finish, finishing her master's. And Ira retweeted it and was like, that's, one, not possible. Like, you have to be a little bit older to get your master's. Also, Emily's not 22. Also, clearly, Lily Collins never went to college. Like, yeah, yeah, the math true. on that doesn't add up. Yeah, and, all like... The thing that I thought was, like, the weirdest of the show overall in, like, broad notes is, like, she was good at her job in a way that, like, she just kind of lucked into things working out. Like, she caused the problem and the solution. But by the fact that they never made any other character their jobs get defined at all, I was like, is this guy her, like, Sylvie's assistant or a marketing manager? Like, I have no clue what anybody else does. So she, by default, looked good at her job because nobody else other than Sylvie did anything, really? Like, Luke presented well, one time. Like, it was well, very weird someone, to figure out what anybody else did. Well, the whole thing was really weird. And the, I think that the, it just makes me feel like the writers, first of all, obviously none of them have worked in marketing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they thought that they could use marketing as, like, a general enough. Right, like how movies always do, like, architecture. That people wouldn't question it. Right, right, yeah. right. But if you're going to do that, you know, you need to say accounting. Like, let's yeah, make, yeah. Let's make like, it smaller. Like a, yeah, yeah. Smaller, like boring sounding. Um, because I literally just last night saw on TikTok this girl who was like, Emily in Paris, like her, like she does like seven people's jobs. Like it doesn't yeah. make any sense. She's like some, oh, somebody in her role would like basically either not exist or be a like overview person like a manager, like mm-hmm. she's doing um, marketing, she was doing pop-ups, she was doing, or what do they call it, like activation. She was doing like handler stuff. She had to plan the events. Yes. She had to get the clients. Yeah, she was doing like all of the roles. management, SEO, like, and yeah, also, there it was a, no sense. A point in episode seven, I think, where the British, the English, the American girl comes, 
and like there's a whole cluster with that and like she kept apologizing and I was like this actually isn't your fault like not every time something happens with a client is it your fault like it's not her fault that Pierre didn't like her it's not like there was parts of the show that she apologized for that I was like that you that's not you like you didn't do anything annoying you had an Eiffel Tower keychain on your bag and he was like Renegade, she's a basic bitch we you're we're not hiring you but like that's she wasn't wearing a she her keychain didn't say like fuck you on it like it was just a Eiffel Tower like it was and like she of course did a big speech to make it up and and whatever but yeah her job description and the fact that she took the blame for literally everything that went wrong was insane. I was like hyper client facing which like I don't work in PR so Mm -hmm. like I don't know like I don't work for a PR agency so I don't really know how client facing anybody is I'm sure more than in my like design marketing world but you wouldn't have the American like conduit who doesn't speak French in client meetings. Right. Like you fucking wouldn't. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or you would like have a translator, like you would do something instead of just making it Emily's fault. Maybe like, you know what I mean? Like it just, the whole thing really pissed me off. And this was even before like, like no age consideration. So that's why like, not to like bring, to bring it back to the pilot was just like, well, yeah, and no. the second, I also went to see like, cause the second episode was when she actually, you know, goes to work. And I was like, I just want to see how this is going to go down. Cause this dumb bitch like doesn't speak French. And um, let's just see how horribly this goes. And honestly, it really didn't go that horribly for her, which is disappointing. Um, but um yeah, like a lot happened in the pilot, but a lot of it was also just like, okay, this is as corny as I thought it was going to be, you know? Yeah, I um, I gave it six out of 10 stars. And kind of to what you're saying, Danny Pellegrino, who's another podcaster, has like a rating metric for like Hallmark movies where he'll be like, it was five stars and also just one star. And that's kind of how I felt about the entirety of Emily in Paris, but especially the pilot in that it was like five stars and also just one. Um, right. I've just like never been more neutral about a TV pilot in my life um it wasn't bad but it wasn't good like wow. lily collins is likable but she's also irritating so like that's like really irritating endearing and irritating and it seems like a watered down version of a tv show like they took yes. out anything that could have been controversial and or like not even like just anything that could have caused anybody to have an opinion about it and just took it out um it was exactly, but like we are in month like 40,000 in quarantine. So like maybe it was exactly what we all needed. Cause like I would have never wanted to go to Paris and just like left my job in two days. But like now that I haven't been able to really leave the county, I'm like, sure. I'll hop on a plane to France where I don't speak the language and work at a marketing office in Paris. Um, I mean, um, um, yeah, I, okay. I've had like really mixed feelings about that. Um, Cause it, to me, it was more frustrating um than anything else that it was filmed pre-covid in this like magical non-existent basically fantasy um of yeah it just made me like it kind of just like escapism like I was like I'll never get to do that (laughs) right no it just made me sad I was like this is not how it is right now but you've been to like you have like a lot of fond memories of Paris like for me as someone who's never been every way every time I see Paris it's like this Right, like they yeah. like. Oh, that's true. That's how I mean, Americans yeah, market. Right, but you've like, well, you've lived there, like you lived there for a few months, so like you've had like a more normal experience where it's not like you're like running on the CN or like like standing at the Eiffel Tower. You've like gone to the grocery right. store. Yeah, you know? I guess that's true. Um, um, it also pissed me off about her stupid fucking not being able to count the floors. That was literally my next note in my thing is how the fuck did she go in the wrong apartment after they told her? Also, she's on the top floor. Just go to the top. Just go to the top. Go to the top. When you told me that she does it more than once after I watched the pilot, because you watched it before me, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I was like, at least he's hot. <laughs> because this is stupid. Like, you- you're stupid. For right. You're literally time. stupid. <laughs> or unless she did it again and then, like, smirked at the camera, like, haha, he's hot. I'm just doing it to, like, see him again. Yes. That would have been okay. a little bit more okay. like, I would have done that. This whole show, this is what this show missed. They got the lifetime treatment. They should have done the flea bag treatment. 100%. They could have done this. This show would 
brilliant with like a flea bag, like flea bag, like wink nod of like, uh -huh. you know. Yeah. Oh 100%. no, long war. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I wonder if he's home. Like, yeah. Yeah, it would have been fabulous because it would have been like, we're on the journey with Emily as her little flea bag, like mm -hmm. her little. Like camera, whatever. whatever. I completely yeah, agree. Yeah. Like fourth um, wall. That would have been fabulous because then she also could have like done her little like snarky side like comments about the French people. Like the whole thing could have just been handled in a smarter way. A hundred percent. I completely agree. Yeah. I would have loved it if it was like a little cheekier because like the show is yeah. silly. So like yeah. if we would have gotten a vibe like that, it would have been more fun. And the last note I have about the pilot, which I stand by through the whole thing is, you know, when you're watching a show and you can tell that like, you and I talk about this a lot, but like no woman was in the writer's room and they're writing this like female that doesn't exist. I felt like that show did this with people who live in France. Like they had no French people on the writing staff. Like the French- yeah, people, None of them have been to France. <laughs> the French people are very offended by the way they were depicted in this show. And watching it I, at the beginning, I was like, okay guys, like it's whatever. And then towards the end, I was like, okay, seriously, like, they're not mean people, like, what the oh, fuck, like, they're literally, not. like, how do they, it all was just, like, it, it was just over and over, I was, like, they've never been to France, like, this is, like, they've no, never been to Paris, and it was, like, yeah, and it was, like, they've never met a French person, even who's come to America, like, right, it's like, it was, like, mm -hmm. they were just, like, us over the head with it too like it wasn't just like there was no subtlety I mean there was no subtlety in this whole show let's be clear no. but like it was sort of an interesting choice I thought to be super aggressive about the bad French stereotypes like I just don't know why they did that um I will say like as an and it just seemed dated but we all moved on from like assuming the French were mean and had cigarettes as meal replacements like that joke joke I guess like air quotes I don't even know if that joke when she was like skip lunch whatever was so shocking to me because yeah, Lily yeah. Collins is like a huge activist for advocate for uh an eating disorder she had one she did that to the bone movie on Netflix so it was just shocking to me that she right. let that joke go through like it just seemed very out of touch. Like the show seemed very like 2009. And then when they had the whole Gossip yes. Girl like level, like I love this because of Gossip Girl. I was like, was the show written in 2009 and then aired? <laughs> like I was so confused. This whole thing, like, honestly, based on her hashtags, yes. This whole show was written in 2009, not changed at all. And then they just fucking released it this year. Her social account, I don't understand. It was weird. She was good it at was her weird. job. Like Emily was good at the client pitches and like kind of coming up with the pitch ideas. She was bad at her personal social media. Like taking a picture of her like with a croissant and getting like I was like, how did you go from forty likes to being invited to an influencer event? Like she just became an influencer with no effort, no work, no product, no just because she lives in Paris. She never had any content strategy at all. No, like none. With her job or with her job, which if like kind of seemed like that was her job, <laughs> was like social media content strategy. Like right. that was literally her job and she never had a strategy. And I will um, say the last, the last thing about her just being unrealistically 22 is no 22 year old is that confident in a meeting where they're the youngest person and don't speak the language. Like, I still struggle in meetings and I've worked with the same people for five years and I'm still like, oh, like, I don't want to tell them their thing is sexist when they all think it's sexist. Like, it's just amazing to me, like, which like go good for her. And like, I guess like that's a good female mentor to like tell young girls to like speak up in meetings, even if they might not feel qualified, but like girl, maybe see how they do it for a day. Well, that was the thing. It was like, she was mad that she was not being treated treated fairly or whatever and that everyone was being mean to her and I'm like okay but like you're being super like her audacity and like how she was kind of just like stepping all over them from the minute she got there was really rude and she never really had any moment of like self-reflection on that mm -hmm. like she never really like learned and it's not even that she was like young, like any new person coming into a new work group should like, be like 
listening more than talking. Like, that's not even age thing. Like, I don't know. It was so, and she never seemed to learn. Like she, like it did, like she should shoot herself on the foot repeatedly. And like a real person would learn and like stop doing that. Unless she's just fucking stupid, which we've already figured out based on the stair counting. She's kind of stupid. So I don't oh. know if that's a positive role model. Like, I don't know. It's like they wanted to make her like the manic pixie dream girl, but like they took away the like part of it and just made her like a flimsy like caricature of an American in a foreign country. Like it didn't feel, yeah. it just didn't feel based in reality at all. And like, no, I, I mean, totally. yeah. So let's go ahead and transition into the best bits and jokes. Do you want me to take the, I wrote a lot down because since we did this, since I watched it after, Kind of like what yeah. we did with, um, we also did it with Euphoria, guys. Get excited. Um, I was able to take notes while I watched, which is rare for us. So I have quite a bit, but I'll kind of move through them fast. Um, just at the beginning when she said, I did Rosetta Stone on the plane and it hasn't kicked in yet. Something about her delivery of that line made me laugh very hard because like, bitch, you have to do it more than once. It's not osmosis. Um, Emily telling everybody in the office to fuck off via her phone app when they called her a hick. Really enjoyed that. That was cute, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when the, the, so the perfume, perfume guy and, and I don't want to say, like, she said their names the way that French people say them, but I feel like if I did, it would be, like, extremely offensive to French people. So I'm just going to say Anthony, but I, his name was Antoine, Anton, Anton, Anton. When Anton, the perfume air guy, was like, yeah. you smell like expensive sex to her, I was like, what a fucking creepy thing to say to a employee at the company, you know, yep. reinforcing her stereotypes. But her response being better than a cheap date did make me laugh. Um, yeah. Everyone in France hating Emily, just everywhere <laughs> she went. Um, if you smile, if you keep smiling like that, people think you're stupid. I think I just wrote down all of Sylvie's lines. Um, yeah, Sylvie. She's not naked, she's wearing the perfume. Like, that's, that's just funny. I don't know. Um, yeah, no. I Okay, no, that was fucking hilarious. I was yeah, like, that whole, like, B-plot of the perfume ad was very funny to me. Um, it was very funny to me. I, but, okay, side note on that, and or should we just do it in B-plots? We'll just do it in B-plots. Keep going. Okay. Um, her mixing up the dates and making a reservation for November 8th instead of August 11th made me laugh because I work in a global place. And I've had to check myself on that like 40 times. But like, I've never <laughs> done it. But like her thinking she got this like reservation, I was like, mm, that's relatably funny. Um, yeah. Her friends, when her and they're talking and she's like, I used to buy this perfume all the time. Well, I didn't buy it. My friend stole it from Target. She's a teacher now. And the response was sounds about right. Like, I think every single person I knew who was still in high school is a teacher now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, her getting called a basic bitch because of her bag charm and then her rebuttal being, I am a basic big bitch with a bag charm. It's because of me and my friends loving Gossip Girl, which was just like, I can't believe she said that to the head of the corporation. And then him responding, I, with, I can't believe it was Dan. Okay, this isn't a bit or a joke, but just something I wanted to talk about. In episode seven, I think, she does this whole huge speech about how she can't go home with Gabriel because he is dating Camille and she really likes her and they need to whatever, which like the speech was super empowering. And then she got in a taxi and all I was thinking here was he lives in your apartment. Like you should have saved the money and just taken the ride. I don't know. Maybe that's me being way too logical for this show. But I was like, you're, you're going to show up at the same time at the same place where you both live. Um, Emily walking out on Camille's naked father. That episode was the funniest thing I've ever seen, maybe in quarantine. I was dying laughing in episode eight. Um, yeah, and it that was me of the time that that happened at your house. Um, and then he comes out wearing like a very short robe. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, the dad, that whole episode was funny. All of the like sexual innuendos between Camille's family and Emily towards Gabriel when they called him like his, co- like, have you ever tried his cock? But there's, it's like, c-o-q-u or whatever the chicken yeah 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 yeah. and then she was like it's delicious and the dad's like i told you his cock's the best and he was like since you didn't enjoy my eggplant at least you're enjoying my cock i don't know that Mm -hmm. interaction was very brilliant brilliant. emily cheersing to rules at the family dinner because she's so awkward and then her sleeping with a 17 year old was the funniest thing i 
like that whole episode was just so many jokes and then the mom being like is my son a good lover like who the fuck asks that and then when they're getting in the car after everybody's found out that she slept with timothy who's 17 um gabriel's like we're not gonna make a big deal about it we're all adults here well except for timothy and emily's like grow up and he's like i'm already far too old for you emily Um, and then when they go to the art museum and there's like all of the different colors and Luke's explaining how it's like about being like a, it's like a sexual innuendo for whatever. And she, Emily's like, but what's the white stuff? And Sylvie says she's been pitching an entire beverage campaign based on ejaculation and she can't tell what the white spray is. Yes. Um, and then Pierre just sitting in bed, dramatically breaking tops of creme brulees. I love that. Just like cracking the top. <laughs> He's like, it's therapeutic. Yeah. I'm like, um so those were my those were mine I told you I had a lot is there any that I missed I don't know how I could have since I I mean literally wrote down everything love her little co-workers um just sort of the shenanigans that they were usually like their Mm -hmm. the running bit of their antics I thought was like really like much needed for the show um because they were fun Mm -hmm. um but yeah, you covered it pretty much. Yeah, I went through a lot. Yeah. Um, so to go into heartbreak scene, I literally didn't have one. The show was not sad at all. Nothing made me sad. The only thing that made me not sad, but just have a feeling other than either neutral or laughing was when Mindy sang La Vie and Rose like in the park. Like, it wasn't heartbreak, but it was just a sweet moment, and she's a great singer, and, like, everybody cheering for her. Like, I was just, like, happy for her, and it, like, was a sweet moment, but it definitely wasn't sad. And, like, no. even the breakup wasn't sad. No. No, I mean, like, yep, that, I guess we can move right on then. Um, it wasn't even really that sad when, like, because it's Gabriel, right? Yeah. Neighbor. Uh-huh. And her neighbor was like, yeah, I'm going to Normandy. the coast, yeah, to, like, start my own restaurant. And you were just like, yeah, you should probably do that. Well, and also, <laughs> it was so fast. It was like they were fighting about it, then he wasn't going to go, then he was going to go, then they slept together, then Anthony bought the restaurant and he's going to stay. Like, we didn't even have time to, to realize. It was like hours I later. After they had sex and she was like, let's not, like, ruin a perfect moment like we don't have anything after this like I wouldn't say it was sad because Camille was great like I they should have I'm shocked that and I'll talk about that like in the B plots but like I knew that even if they eventually date the show has not been renewed for season two but it would be shocking to me if it hasn't um I still would be shocked at how they will get them to be able to date yeah so, do you want to go into your tur- turning point scene? Do you have a turning point scene? This one, so. Um, yeah, I guess that my turning point scene is when the boy, her and the boyfriend broke up over the okay. phone. So, in like, a, I think I was episode two or three. I think it was in two. Yeah, that makes sense. Mine was in episode one because Gabriel's hot. So hot. That was it. I just didn't know how much he was going to be in it until she, like, repeatedly... Well, when did we find out he was a chef? Because that's when I was like, oh, he's, like, really going to be, like, a main character of the show. I think it was episode three or four when they have to do that dinner um, at his place. But I will say, like, he was really, like, a jack-of-all-trades for her. Like, he translate. I, like, kept thinking he was going to yell at her and be like, stop taking advantage of me. Like... You, I helped you move up your boxes up the stairs. I helped translate for the plumber to get your water pressure. You're showering in my shower. You're just calling me and like forcing me to cook for your coworker. Like, I was like, this is a very one-sided friendship. So then when she kissed him and Camille walked in, I was like, oh shit. Maybe it was one-sided because he wasn't flirting with her. Like maybe she was just, like he didn't ask her for anything because he didn't care because he had a girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't know either. So, um, yeah, but that was my, I mean, he was just hot. Like, I just wanted to keep watching it. Yeah. 
no, no, no. Once he was like a regular, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm definitely just watching it for him. And I will um, say the benefit I have is that I watched it like the last out of anybody I know who's watched it. And everybody told me he stayed at it and was hot. And also like all of the tweets being like, how, how in the world does everyone in France want to fuck Emily? So like I was expecting their romance to happen. So that helped like me stick through it. Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no, I don't think so. Okay. So now would you like to go into the best and worst B plots? Okay. Do you want me to take the lead on this one or you want to go first? Um, I have a couple, um, okay. just like a few. Um, so I could just get those out of the way. Yeah. Um, I, um, this show just pissed me off regularly for about a hundred thousand reasons. Um, and, but like actual plots that I was like, okay, what I thought, and we've mentioned it already, but the uh perfume campaign mm -hmm. i like it was fine um it made no fucking sense that she was on set no like okay you're there to interview the model but like are you like did you just decide that like again like no strategy at all um well i feel like they should have at one point explained that she was doing social for the other companies too because it was so focused on the emily and paris instagram account that i was like well brands like brands don't want you to use your personal instagram to promote their business entirely right like they want you to like shout it out but like if she was doing all that stuff i'm just assuming she was doing it for their platform but it was never explained that way well and also not to be like super inside sports about it but like she wouldn't be allowed like, there'd be an NDA. Like, she wouldn't be allowed to post to her personal about an ongoing project that wasn't going to launch for six months. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no fucking way. Mm -hmm. That just wouldn't happen. So, and I think that was also just frustrating to me is, like, about the whole influencer aspect of this show. It, as we mentioned, feels like it was written in 2009. I don't understand why, like, it's not like there's not like a plethora of people in this industry. It's not a niche industry. Like not only, it's not like everyone is an influencer, but like we all know somebody from our high school who is or from college or whatever. Like we all personally know an influencer. Right, and right. And so to have this like half-baked, watered-down, like dated version of an influencer in this day and age, like in 2020 makes no sense at all because like, it's so, it's just like not even based in reality. It's like having doctors on TV that like don't use their correct medical terms, which I know that Grey's Anatomy has kind of been in that camp for a while. And I know that they've gotten better, but this is even more attainable because we're not all fucking doctors. Like. <laughs> right, right. Well, and like even the fact that she's like an apostrophe and a hashtag, when you like can't do that, it breaks up the hashtag. Like right. stuff like that, like very small things. That's like, we, if you've ever hashtagged before, you know that that's a thing and that right. it's entirely instant like yeah and so i found that just like repeatedly frustrating and, and it just it just could have been done with even the like smallest amount of effort could have been remotely closer to reality you know what i mean like mm -hmm. even just having her post to like you said the brand's accounts or having her not or show, use her repost. show her repost to emily and paris from the like so we could still see the Emily in Paris Instagram, but from the perfume company or whatever. Like, I don't know. She was so good at her job in a way that like felt unbelievable. Yeah, no, for sure. And the, it just wasn't an accurate representation in any way of how social media even fucking works yeah. now. You know what 100%. I mean? Yeah. Um, like, I feel like this would have been a great show to like explain Instagram to like my mom in like five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Um, but also <laughs> with the perfume campaign, back to that, um, I thought it was sort of weird how they took on like air quotes or like quote unquote the like sexism of it all. Um, I thought this was sort of a weird way to do it. 
Um, and that the, we didn't, they never actually said if it was or not. Like they were like, I put out a Twitter poll, you're, and then they use some fake, my, your Instagram hits have gone up 200% and Jezebel picked up the article. Like, right. did you run the ad? Right. There was no conclusion <laughs> and there was also no real like substantial conversation about it. No. They should Which, have like, had Anthony B. They either should have had Anthony B. A character just as Sylvie's, like who she's having a constant affair with. Because him being a client just made those that parts of the storyline frustrating. Yes, I totally agree. Or he should have just been like, I couldn't believe he was still in like episode 10. episode nine. Yeah, like, he was to the end. I thought he was going to be in like two episodes, and arguably he should have just been in two episodes. And like, he's going to be in season two if it happens because he bought that restaurant for Gabriel. Right. Right. It so, just and okay. Admittedly, he's an if, character. If okay, if he would have been in the first two episodes as a client and then disappeared and then bought the restaurant, I would have been okay with that. Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, we like this guy. He's a fan favorite. Like, he's going to be back in season two to, like, muck some stuff up with Sylvie. Um, but he wasn't this, like, hovering, like, masculine, like, toxic male energy like around the women in the show. Yeah, I didn't love when he gave Emily lingerie. And then he was like, I gave that to you. It was just like a very weird French trope of like the men yes. being overly sexual. When it's yes. like, that might be the case, but that's not like, maybe not the entire thing. Right, and so unnecessary and so creepy. And like, also if it, even if it is real, like why would we be promoting that yeah. it was it I would be like, like if the show was the reverse and someone and their like client like every time they see them like has a like big mac and an like xxl soda in their hand like if they were in the states mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean we would be like fuck like yeah. <laughs> it would be like an episode of parks and rec but like for real yeah it would like be parks and rec except it would be by funny friends. yeah <laughs> All of America would just be Pawnee, Indiana. Right, yeah. Which, it's okay when Parks and Rec does it because, like, we're making fun of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I it's understand totally... why French people are irritated by the show. Right, yeah, yeah. Because even, um, like, one of the things that I hated was, the, like, just the mean boss trope. Like, I liked Sylvie as a character. It just was, like, I kept waiting for at one point her to be, like, thank you so much, Emily, or you're doing a good job, Emily, or, like, give her some sort of validation because it's, like, women supporting women like it was like she was too yeah. dismissive of Emily the entire time and like I understand right. some of her jokes are my favorite I think the character was great but even towards the end I was like fuck can you just like throw her a bone like well right because their relationship didn't change at all no Over it was the, the exact same oh, which is so because even in, even in because so I watched the devil wears Prada like two weeks ago and it kind of reminded me of that relationship a little bit where like Miranda didn't think Andy was qualified for the job, but she was like good at it. So she just kept fighting her. But even at the end of Devil Wears Prada, when she's like, you thought I didn't know about this, but like I did. So like, thank you for warning me. But like, I knew basically I kept waiting for that moment to happen with Sylvie and Emily, where it would be like, I like, thank you for your help. Like, thank you for trying to warn me about Anthony coming with his wife or whatever his name is, coming with his wife, like, thank you for trying to do, like, Emily tried to look out for her quite a bit, at least as far as her, like, interpersonal relationship, the affair was concerned, right. and I kept waiting for even a moment of, like, thanks for that, because, like, at the end of the day, Emily was getting the money and getting them clients, whether it was realistic or not. Right, yeah, it, it was odd that their, like, their dynamic never changed for, like, a year, right? Yeah. And their relationship didn't change at all, which even just like is unrealistic in real life and is makes for bad TV. Like, yeah. Well, another one of my least favorite plots from this, I do have some that I like, and I know it's still your turn, but like when Emily was doing the fashion show and those like American gray space people came up and threw the paint on her and Pierre the freaked out. Artist. Yeah. And Pierre freaked out and like fired them or whatever. It was like not Emily's fault. Like donating right. a dress to a charity is like good PR. Like how was she right. supposed to know that they were gonna do this? And like 
should she have been dating the son? No, but like that didn't, that if anything helped their working relationship at the end. And she never even, like, it was just frustrating that Sylvie never asked her. She was like, you must have planned this, you're fired. Like, what the fuck? Like, no. She got yeah. paid for it on her. <laughs> like, it was not show. her fault. Yeah. The fashion show is also on my, like, shit list because, like, of course they managed to the work a seven hour, show. The seven-hour pop-up fashion show? Yeah, yeah. They managed to work a fashion show into this fucking show about Paris. Like, of course they did. Even though this girl works in, P in like, CPG, like, Consumer Packaged Goods PR. Mm -hmm. They should, their, their firm shouldn't even have a fucking fashion client. It makes no sense. So I plan events, like, loose, like, my job has a little bit of event planning in it, for those listening, mm -hmm. Sophie knows this, not a ton, but a little bit. And I, mm -hmm. when she pulled off the fashion show, like, that night that Mindy shows up at her apartment, disrupts everything, Gabriel tells her to leaving, and she still manages to plan a pop-up fashion show, I'm like, it takes so long to get anything done. Like, you could not do that in a, like, you might be able to do that in a week, but, like, cast models, find, like, find the van. Like, all of that stuff, I'm like, what, was there a 24-hour open van rental with a speaker? Right. <laughs> Did you well, have a 24-hour banner maker? Like, I know we're not supposed to think about it this in remember, depth, like. She still doesn't speak French. I and know. she's not from Paris. Like, she has no connections. Right, No one's like, going to do her a favor in Fashion Week, and Sylvie didn't help her. No. Like, I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah, Not no, that was so infuriating. And it just, like, pissed me off that they just, like, did, again, such the tropes. Like, God forbid we get a show about Paris with a female lead without bringing Fashion Week into it. And it did the whole thing that you were just talking about, about the her getting fired for the paint Yeah, the dress. American Friends of the League. Yeah. Um, I mean, I understand why they set that up. They had to set it up so that she could, like, do her grand comeback. Right, and Pierre um, had to have his, like, moment of, I have to create right. new dresses or whatever. But it does just, like, but you're right. You wouldn't get fired over that. It was not her fault. She had no idea. And it does just seem like the writer in the writer's room, again, of all men, <laughs> they're, they were like writing down a rabbit hole and were just trying, like the, whatever the original plot was kept getting like reshaped and reshaped and reshaped and reshaped and reshaped and, reshaped and, reshaped and, reshaped and like hacked down and whatever, whatever, until it got dwindled down to this, like, nonsensical setup for the finale mm -hmm. like it was I hope for their sake it was obviously not the original plan to have this like bullshit setup to her grand redemption but it still doesn't make it okay that that's what ended up happening and they didn't make any sense and the parameters it's like we're already in fantasy world but the show wasn't shot to be in fantasy world yeah I just like, wish I just wish that she didn't take the blame for every single thing that went wrong. Yeah, that was a weird lesson. <laughs> like, it's like her, like, yeah. Okay. Do you have more? Or do you have another? Um, lots. I don't think so. No. Okay. So I did think that it was smart to make Sylvie Antony's mistress. Like, it helped move the story along yeah. in terms of B-plot. It was a great addition um her finally befriending the office and having the two office guys be her friends yeah awesome definitely important uh we've talked a lot about emily being a good at her job which i think was a good people it would have been more frustrating to watch her be bad at her job for 10 episodes like i'm glad that she was good at her job but like we've obviously discussed in detail about how that's not possible um right. i did think that vagina tweet was going to backfire on the client when she tweeted from her personal account about the vagina being masculine or something, and then that woman retweeted it, I thought that was going to backfire, but it didn't, which I guess is like the language's fault, not her fault, but still. Shocked that that worked out for her. But that could be the entire show. Just shocked that that worked out for her. Um, I did really enjoy Gabriel saving the dinner moment and the big reveal that her friend Camille was actually Gabriel's girlfriend. I thought that setup was done really well, which kind of goes into my next point, which is Darren Starr, I think, 
will be famously known as like the guy who wrote love triangles so he did like aiden big and carrie and like all three of them are arguably like good right like you can argue team aiden or team big right like it's whatever and then same i don't know if you watch younger this felt very familiar younger it's a tv land show with hillary duff and them but they have a love triangle where it's like I like both guys. Like I like all of them and whoever she ends up with, I'll be fine with. That's kind of how I felt with this show where it was like, I liked Camille and Gabriel and like was totally fine if they didn't break up. Like I thought they did a really good job of not making Camille like the villain, even when they were sitting at the dinner and she was like going on and on about how she wished he would like take money from her mom so that he could save the restaurant. And then she was like, don't let me talk about this anymore. Like, I don't want to be the annoying girlfriend. Like she was very self-aware. Like, she was a great character. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of them was just overall B-plot, but does anybody else there work? Like, what do the other people at that company do? Since she's doing all of their jobs. Um, I did think the, uh, the episode where she starts dating the professor, who, like, tend- ended up being terrible, was very mm-hmm. funny. And at- they met playing like is that his mother or his lover like they were watching people and you and i have definitely played that at restaurants in new york being like 100 percent. are they on a date or is like he in college and she's visiting him so that made mm-hmm. me laugh that it was just something we do <laughs> um i already talked about gray space at the fashion show um the two guys helping her not get fired at the end talking about how like the french don't want to do paperwork so just like come in move your like just stay basically and like yeah helping her it's and like i thought that was good yeah it is like really hard to get like the france has like a lot of really strict like labor, um, laws. labor laws yeah yeah and it is really hard but that's why it's also really hard to get a job there because like mm-hmm. there's no yeah, like, like, a like they know it's going to be impossible to get rid of you yeah, yeah 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 so people like there's not nearly as much turnover there as there is in the states um, and it makes it harder to get a job because it, it is harder to get fired there. So, yeah. And I will say I enjoyed every B plot that Mindy was in. Like I liked the, that she was on the Chinese pop star. I think it's what it was called. I loved mm-hmm. when her friends came in town and did the like bachelorette party and made her sing. I liked that she like did it. Like I just really enjoyed her entire character. And I thought her friendship was, um, Emily was one of the things that made Emily more likable. Yeah, no, she seems sure. to be like a normal person around Emily being a caricature. Yes, like yeah, she, she was looked, weirdly the straight man. Yes, yes, even though she was arguably funnier. She was so, definitely funnier. <laughs> um, and then I did like that Gabriel obviously is staying in Paris because like I am excited to see season two, just if the if it is if it gets renewed, which it probably will since we're everybody's talking about it, but uh, the dynamic with him staying, I knew it was going to happen, but I'm I think it'll be interesting mixing. Sylvie, Antony, Gabriel, Emily in like a work environment. Cause like, I'm sure she'll end up working for the restaurant or something. I don't know, doing Instagram videos at the restaurant and Camille. It, like, I think it'll prove to be a good story plot for season two. Yeah. Regardless of whatever. And then, okay, so my worst ones, um, I just, I said it at the beginning, but I'm just over the mean boss trope. Like, I don't need to see yeah, it really. like anymore. It's not yeah. fun. We've lived through it. And then like, like the boyfriend. We never needed it again. Yeah, like also most, we don't need to keep reinforcing that that's a normal workplace. Like that's not harassment's the wrong word, but like that's not a healthy environment a toxic, to work in. Toxic yeah. work environment. So it's like, we yeah, need yeah. to stop enforcing that as like a normal thing that you can expect to work in. Cause like, I've never had a boss like that. No. So, um, so I'm over that. And like the distant boyfriend being a brat about long distance. I was just like, shut up. Like I hated that whole storyline. I was like, she should have dumped him before she left for Paris. Um, right, like, they, what was the point? Have him, like, I mean, he could have, even, he could have, even, they could have had him, like, handle it differently, like, or she could have come. cheated with Gabriel and then broken up with him, like, it could have been, that would have been great, yeah, him, broken yeah. Up with him, or even, like, he flies out and is just, like, your whole life is different here, mm-hmm. like, just anything other than FaceTime. anymore, mm-hmm. so, like, yeah. that kind of, like, more mature instead of like granted that falls in line if he if we're supposed to also believe he's like 23 <laughs> yeah like how the fuck is he supposed to get there um and then i didn't add this to things i liked but i really did like it the dinner with camille the four of them when they went to dinner and they just like all hated her boyfriend because he was terrible um yeah. i did really enjoy that um i'm over yeah. the dumb american actress storyline 
being like yep. a mess and wreck and ha break, wrecking havoc on everybody. And then like, everyone already hates us. We don't need to like double down. I know. And also <laughs> like she could have left the wall. Like she had to be so bad. Like what was the point? Whatever. Um, and then Emily's party. So Mindy's like, I'm going to throw you a party. What was the point of it? She goes to the party. She walks around. No one talks to her. Some random guy, French guy is like, let's go to somewhere quiet. And they walk on the street and he's like, I love American women. And then she's like, I'm not going to sleep with you. And then she leaves. Like that was the whole thing. It was so weird. Um, wait, the wait, speaking though of, um, yeah. the American, uh, horrible American trope that we need to stop. Literally there's this vice article and it's by Alex, um, Zaragoza and, it's titled, Emily in Paris Captures the Worst of American White Girls Abroad. And then the subhead is, Darren Starr did this before on Sex and the City. Why is he so obsessed with entitled white women acting grossed out by other cultures? <laughs> yes. Well, that's what I was thinking about a lot yesterday. It's yes. like, if, if you take Sex and the City off of HBO and you remove the language and the sex, it's not a good show. Oh, like, what's good about Sex and the City is that it was, it's like, shocking. And, like, it was everybody's mm -hmm. kind of first rated like it was like everybody's hbo show but like right. when i watched it on tv or it was it used to be on e all the time and like it's not good no in it's terrible opinion. and everyone's relationships are toxic it's... yeah so and like yeah but true he just writes people very it's like a whitewashed version yeah. of everything yeah and also carrie's job made no sense and <laughs> um i like what people career, she had a shoe closet the size of my apartment and she was a fucking freelance writer. I love the, the people now that will write about sex in the city and be like, are we supposed to believe that she was writing about her friends in real time and they could like pick up the newspaper and read like what she's saying about them and none of them <laughs> confronted her about it or did none of them support her job? Like, are we supposed to believe that they're bad friends or she's the bad friend? Right. Um, she's the bad friend, obviously. Yeah. All right, let's bop into highlight stats. We're almost done, ladies and gents. Do you Ooh. want, who was your favorite character? Um, my favorite character was definitely Mindy. Same. <laughs> so fun. I loved Mindy. Loved her. Um, mm -hmm. Favorite relationship? Um, I couldn't really pick one. I guess the relationship between Emily and her little coworker boys. Oh yeah, um, that was a good one. That was good. And also they did at least get that right about like workplace dynamics, at least in, um, we both work in more like creative. Yes. Yeah. Type yeah. environments, you know, it, it's not like accounting or finance that either of us are in. So there is a lot more like person to person interaction. I feel like sometimes and a lot more like, uh, gray area of right and wrong as far as like ideas or like brainstorming shit like that mm -hmm. um and so you really I mean I'm sure everybody has to have their like coworker, like work wives um mm -hmm. but they did get that right I felt like um and so it was fun to see somebody else's little like coworker, like partners in crime <laughs> yeah especially because like that's what I miss about work is like interacting with people yeah. so it was um Julian and Luke were her two work, okay. work friends. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what was your favorite episode? My favorite episode was eight. Mine too. That was the best episode. It was so great. Um, their chateau reminded me vaguely of um, the normal people. Uh, mm -hmm. And when they went on a bike ride? That's me. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I know, God. Um, uh, so I guess the only thing yeah. that's different for me is the favorite relationship. Mine was Mindy and Emily. I thought they were really good foils. I enjoyed yeah. it. And I will say if we were to go back to the B plots for shipping, I did enjoy Emily's friendship with Camille. And like, I honestly thought that they might hook up. Like it, they're, they had weird yeah. chemistry. So who knows where season two will take us. Well, and they even kind of talked. They Not weird chemistry. They just had chemistry. Mindy asked, right? Yeah. Like if like, I was like, maybe they will have a threesome. Emily. Yeah, like she was like, was she like, hitting on you? Yeah, so I definitely thought that too, which I think was a really good diversion so that when it was revealed that she was Gabriel's girlfriend, I was like, oh shit, like I really didn't see that coming. I should have, I didn't. Not um, either. But yeah, okay. So now the moment everybody's been waiting for, drum roll. Um, 
So what is your single best scene from Emily in Paris? Um, so my single best scene, I think, is, um, oh my god, I just had it. <laughs> the suspense. Because I was like, okay, do I, oh my god, let me think. Edit this part out. I don't, I don't think I can. Oh, I I well, can. sorry guys. We you go first and I will remember it. I don't have okay. any paper with yeah, Sophie's, yeah. Um, okay, so I'll you go with my single best scene. Sorry, although, guys. Although, arguably, I feel like I had another one that wasn't from episode eight. That was a thing, because that was my gut reaction was the dinner. We love a family dinner. Love a family dinner. Um, the only thing that holds, holds me back from it being um, the family dinner is it was kind of cringy, and I don't love cringe TV with the, like, double entendres. Like, it was funny. But yeah, also totally a little bit. Um, well, and also, like, so many of the characters aren't, weren't normal characters. Like, the parents weren't in any other episodes. Mm -hmm. um, well, but, you know, maybe that is my single best scene. Like, you should, like, you could just watch that scene and, like, skip the whole rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your single best scene is the, the dinner when they get to the chateau? Yeah, I think it's that because close runners up would be the, I always love it when the two people we've been waiting to get together get together. So mm -hmm. um, when Emily and Gabriel get together, but like that's kind of cliche and also like it wasn't a particularly memorable like getting together scene as far mm -hmm. as I'm concerned. Um, I did love her running across the street. I did like that she made all of the, she was like the more ballsy one in the relationship. She kissed him every yeah. time. And when they made yeah. out in the club, I was like, yes, please. Like, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess so their little their little getting together was cute. And it was cute that she was the one who went after him. But um, that, you know, gutsy American uh, mm -hmm. of her. But, um, yeah, I think. And also the family dinner was, like, actually, like, pretty well written. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, like, <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. So my single best scene is from episode eight as well. And it's the breakfast the morning after she sleeps with Timothy. So <laughs> for like context for anybody who's just listening to this and hasn't watched the show or doesn't remember it, um, she, Camille's like, I'm so excited for you to meet my brother. I think y'all would really hit it off, whatever. So they go to the chateau. She meets the brother they hook up, they have sex. She goes down the next morning for breakfast and like has a hickey on her neck. And there's another guy sitting at the table and Emily's like, who is this? And Camille's like, this is my brother that I've been wanting you to meet. And she's like, wait, no, I met your brother yesterday. Like, I, and they're like, oh, like Timothy, he's 17. And her reaction being like, but he said he finished this and the misunderstanding about the schooling system, like actually seems like college, an American, college, yeah. that seems like an American French, like misunderstanding because we do like the schooling. Yes title and then yeah. her being like oh my gosh and then him coming in and being like I bit you harder than I thought and like making out like kissing her so forcefully and everybody at the table being like what the fuck was my single best scene I watched it before we recorded this it was amazing then following up with the mother being like Emily let me speak to you now and you think that she's gonna like scold her for sleeping with her son and instead she just asks if he's a good lover mm -hmm. I was dying like I was legitimately like dying laughing I talked to my sister about it on the phone after because she like called me and was like, have you seen it? Like, it was just a great episode, <laughs> like a great episode overall, but that was definitely my single best scene. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, that was like so like gaspy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, like I wasn't seeing, I did not see that coming. I will say the twist on the show, while not important to the plot really, always caught me off guard. Like I didn't, maybe because I wasn't thinking hard about the show, it it didn't matter, but I yeah. definitely, um, I definitely did not see her hooking up with a 17 year old. No. Because the brother was hot. Like I would, would have, I mean, I'm sure he's older in real life, but yeah. So, Soph, do you have um, a recommendation for our lovely listeners this week? Um, or do you have any my, um, yeah, you can go first. I want to make sure I get the spelling right. Yeah. So mine is an Instagram shop and I have been like fawning over this stuff all week and it's Maggie Valer, Valer I don't know how to say her last name, Val, 
Bella Maria. Bella Maria. Yeah, about her jewelry. I Ooh. love her jewelry. Sorry, Maggie. I know uh, I just butchered your last name, but yeah. I, I love her. Can this be our joint recommendation? This can be a joint recommendation. Let's give I Maggie a big her. shout out. I love yeah. her jewelry. She's been doing really cute sunglass jewelry, like chains and new earrings that say things and just a big fan. And also she's beautiful and her Instagram is like so well curated and she's a nice, mm -hmm. has a nice, yeah, she's, a really she's just a nice follow. person. Mm -hmm. So everybody follow her. Sophie, why don't you say her name again since I just butchered it. Um, yes, it's, I, I mean, I am just guessing purely I think you're on guessing right. but um, it looks like Maggie Villamaria and That's it's sure. spelled M-A-G-G-I-E-V-I-L-L-A-M-A-R-I-A. -I -I -A -A. And she does a lot of like fashion illustration stuff. Mm -hmm. um, she's like such a great artist and she's got like really great like personal style. Um, and yes, is just a cute little... And her Hello. jewelry is very well priced. I own like a couple pairs of earrings and some necklaces. I own a bunch of stuff from her. So, and I've been meaning to order. I can just like never pick. <laughs> yeah, she has so many great things. And then she's always, she can do custom, I think. Like she's just a really, mm -hmm. um, yeah, great follow. So yeah. that was our thing. And just a little bit of news for Million Paris, as I've mentioned a few times. Um, according to the internet, I don't remember which source I pulled this from. It has not been renewed yet, but the creator already has plans for season two. We're still waiting for Netflix, Netflix to officially renew the cheeky comedy, but that hasn't stopped Darren Star from brainstorming what's next for Emily and Co. So I have a feeling we'll know. I'm, I have a feeling it'll get renewed unless the pandemic and budgets yeah. cut it. But um, yeah, that was our I show. hope he plans to give her like a bit more of a brain in season two. <laughs> That'd be great. Here's to hoping Emily thinks things through and doesn't take the blame for everything, but also does less and more. And like learns to count stairs. That yeah, would be. learns to count stairs is truly my wish for Emily as we enter season two. I do but. hope that for her. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This podcast is produced by myself, Sophie Orlich, with help from Jake Orlich. No relation. Maddie Line is my favorite co-host, and our lovely theme song is by Chandler Reeves. For news and updates, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at singlebestscene or check out our website at singlebestscene.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, and especially if you're one of our actual friends, make sure you're subscribed to the pod and drop us a five-star review. We deserve it. Autoplay next episode.